Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the second week of January and uh, the day of a huge Texans game. Anybody excited about that later today? Uh, Good. Yes, I am. They will win. My prediction. We'll see. Uh, So glad to have you guys here today. If I don't know you, my name is David. I am uh, the lead pastor here at Redeemer and I'm really excited to start uh, the series we're doing today called Jesus Among Other Gods. Jesus Among Other Gods. We've been talking about it for a while. If you're new, you may not know what it's about. What is it about? Well, I am a Christian, as many, most people uh, here at Redeemer. Um, And that means that I uh, believe some very specific things about Jesus. Who he was, what he did, uh, what he accomplished, uh, how I am supposed to live as a person following Jesus. And, uh, and I, I know that I see the world in a way because of my convictions about Jesus. But I recognize, and I know many of you do too, that there are so many people who live in our world who don't see the world in the same way, who have different uh, religious convictions, different worldviews. And in fact, this is one of the most diverse communities uh, in America, Houston is one of the most diverse cities in America, and there are people that we interact with every day, many of us, who are uh, Muslim, who are Buddhist, who are Hindu, who are Mormon, who are Jehovah's Witness, who are any various religious persuasion and some uh, various irreligious persuasions. And the question that we really are, are really moving into in this series is asking is, what, what do other people believe? We're really trying to seek understanding first, to try to really understand uh, what these other worldviews are and really ask, what do people believe and why do they believe that? And do that fairly, do that accurately, do that not building straw men, but really trying to understand the, the, the perspectives of other people. Uh, at the same time, I, I, I want to be clear, I am deeply convinced that Jesus uh, is the hope of the world and, and our only hope. And, uh, and so I will also share not what I think is just good, but also where I think there are challenges in some of these other religious perspectives and why I think Jesus is unique. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to actually, uh, over the course of the, the next few weeks, these are kind of the themes and the various religions we'll look at. We're going to start today with a very fundamental question. Aren't all religions basically the same? Then we'll talk about Islam, Buddhism, Mormonism, secularism, and we'll finish it off with Christianity. Um, I'm going to read our scripture passage a little later in the message today. For now, as we get into it, would you join with me in prayer as we get ready to hear? Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for this chance to be here today uh, with these people. I want to thank you for everyone who carved out the time, who co- committed to come today, who is here, uh, and who is ready to hear, to learn, to listen um, to open their heart. And Lord, I, I pray that if, if we're not ready to do those things, that you'd help us get there, that you'd quiet the noise, that you'd soften the heart, that you'd open the ears. And Lord, um, I really pray that the words that I speak today, the things that are uh, on our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. Jesus, we trust you as our rock and our redeemer. It's in your name we pray. Amen. It's okay, guys. It's just a wreck. Ricky can handle it. Now, that's one of the nastiest wrecks you'll ever see. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. It's all right. You're safe. You're safe. We got you. Oh, We're here. I'm 
on fire. Okay. Oh, all right, you're not on fire. I knew it, you're lying. I'm burning. There is no fire. Come back here. But something looks wrong. I mean, he's running around like, like he's on fire. Oh, my God, help me. I don't want to die. Oh, stop, stop and roll. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby. I'm on fire. You're not on fire. But I'm not even sure he even knows where he's at right now. This makes us all realize the kind of pressure these drivers are under. Mr. Bobby, come on down here. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Allah. Ah! Help me, Tom Cruise. But how did he get down to his underwear that fast? Tom Cruise used a witchcraft on me to get the fire off me. Look, here, help's coming. Wait a it's, minute. It's Cal Norton. Oh, God. Please don't let the invisible fire burn my friend. He's jumping on Ricky trying to put the non-existent fire out. Now, that's a teammate right there. This is going downhill fast. It I is. think it'd be a great time to go to commercial break. <laughs> ah, ah, help me, Oprah Winifrey! All right. I bet you didn't think I was going to start this series off with that, did you? Uh, <laughs> Has anybody has anybody seen has anybody seen that movie before? Yeah, I'm surprised that you guys were willing to. You know, I love Will Ferrell and Tom. If you haven't, let me say, uh, I don't know if I recommend it. It definitely, it definitely has its scenes, but uh, it's Talladega Nights, and actually, it it came to mind when I thought about uh, what we were talking about this morning, <laughs> because here's this dude, Ricky Bobby played by the one and only Will Ferrell, right? And uh, he thinks he's dying from an invisible fire. And what does he do? He uh, approaches religion very, very pragmatically, right? <laughs> he cries out to anyone and everyone he can think of for help. Help me, save me from this crisis that I'm in, right? Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jewish God. Help me, Allah. Help me, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, use your witchcraft on me to get the fire off of me, right? Help me, Oprah Winifrey, or however he says it. But what's interesting is to Ricky Bobby and his understanding of religion, the differences don't matter. All that he's interested in is getting help for the situation that he's in in the situation that he's in, right? Uh, there's a lot of people who think about and approach religion like that. Has anyone ever seen the movie Life of Pi? Much more serious movie, really interesting movie. And uh, if not... Um, it also came to mind. It's a movie about a guy named Pi and his life, hence the name of the movie Life of Pi. Uh, but it's also about a shipwreck that he has on the Pacific Ocean with a Bengali tiger named Richard Parker, and it is fictional, yes. But uh, one of the interesting things in that movie is really kind of Pi's spiritual curiosity and his journey as he converts to actually three different religions, Christianity, uh, Hinduism, Christianity, Islam. And instead of actually converting from one to another, what Pi does is he, he, he uh, just adds the next one to the mix of what he already believes. So he's a Hindu who then also becomes a Christian, and then he's a, a uh, Catholic Hindu who then also becomes a Muslim, which is kind of confusing. Uh, 
uh, and confuses other people in the movie, and it actually leads to one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, if you understand Catholicism and Hinduism, where uh, this guy who's writing the story of his life, uh, they're praying, and at the end, uh, Pi says, Amen, and this is the interaction that happens. I didn't know Hindus said, Amen, and Pi says, Catholic Hindus do, and the writer's like, Catholic Hindus? What's that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand, and Pi says, well, we get to feel guilty before hundreds of gods instead of just one. <laughs> right? Jokes in both movies aside, uh, there's something important to talk about here. Because while on one level, I think everybody recognizes Ricky Bobby is ridiculous, and Pai's assertion that he's a Christian and a Muslim and a Hindu is, is different. Um, on another level, I think that there's a big sentiment in our world today that says, why not? Uh, people are wondering, why can't that happen? Why can't we do just what helps us individually, whatever religion or idea or God or persuasion it is, why can't people just believe what's true for them, right? Why can't Pi be both Muslim and Christian? Because, uh, and lots of people are actually thinking this underneath that kind of um, sentiment, this question, Aren't all religions basically the same? Aren't all religions basically the same? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever wondered about that? Uh, have, you, have you ever wondered, it does seem like many of the major world religions have these kind of common threads through them, right? That they're all teaching us to love others, to respect others, to do good, to practice the golden rule. Isn't that in every world religion? And, and so the thought is, when you get down to it, when you get through all those details, aren't all religions basically the same? And there's a lot of people who, who kind of think that. And some people, honestly, that I deeply respect and appreciate their thoughts uh, on, a, on a lot of levels. For example, uh, Mahatma Gandhi actually was one of these people. He said, my position is that all religions are fundamentally the same. Was he right? Is Gandhi right? Are all religions basically the same when you get down to it? I want to answer this question today on a couple of different levels. And I really think, actually, it's important that we start here as one of the ways in which we answer the question. This is, what I, this is how I want to begin. There is some truth in every religion. There is some truth in every single religious worldview. There's a really famous illustration used in the study of world religions, comparative religions. S some of you may be familiar with it. I encountered it first as an undergrad at the University of Illinois in a world religions class. And it's called the illustration of the elephant and the blind men. The elephant and the blind men. Anybody familiar with it? If you're not, that's okay. Uh, there's actually a couple of different versions of this. Uh, but the, the general idea is this. Suppose you took a number of blind men and you led them over to an elephant. And then you asked each of those men to kind of touch the elephant and describe what they were feeling, describe the elephant. And they do that. And one blind man grab, grabs the side of the elephant, another one grabs a leg, another one grabs the tail, another one grabs the ear, another the tusk, right? And let me then ask you the question that my professor asked us, would the blind men's description of an elephant agree? No, of course not. Each blind man would differently describe the personal way in which they experienced the elephant, depending on what they grabbed 
and this massive elephant. And so what's the point that's often made, the point my professor was making, is that he thought it was actually the same with the world's different religions. Aren't all religions, Christians, Muslims, Mormons, etc., experiencing the same bigger reality, the same elephant, and yet explaining it in the different ways uh, in which, in which they, they're, they're feeling it, they're, they're experiencing it? Can't they all be telling the truth from their perspective? Uh, aren't they all ultimately t- touching the same thing, right? And, and just to be clear, on one level, I think the answer to that question is, Yes, of course that's true, right? If, if there is an elephant and a blind man feels the leg and describes the leg, he's told an accurate truth about what he's experiencing there, okay? And to the degree at which any person uh, tells an honest and accurate description of reality, to the degree at which it aligns with reality, they're telling some truth. That, that's true. One plus one is true no matter who believes it, okay? One plus one is true whether, whether it's a Muslim or a Christian or a Democrat or Ricky Gervais, right, who is telling us that it's true, right? Uh, there is some truth in every religion. And just to step away here from that point, I, I think I really do need to say something to my own Christian tribe here, and it's this. I think we need to do a better job acknowledging that. I really think, I think we do. We can have deep convictions about Jesus and disagree with other people uh, and at the same time not close ourselves off to the great and incredible insights that they have and, and the truth that some people uh, have to share, right? And, and I'll be honest, I think oftentimes the, the Christian church is terrible at this. We're terrible at it. We, we uh, don't even follow the advice of our own scripture. James 1, we seek to be understood bef- before uh, we are understanding. We try uh, to speak before we listen. Uh, and and we, we need to have the humility to turn that around. It pains me to see uh, when, when we are so insistent on our own perspective and so unable to listen that we come off as snobs, that we seem holier than thou. And, and it is encouraging to me, it changes everything when Christians are truly able to listen, to respect other worldviews, and, and, and to recognize that there are great insights that everybody has that we really can and need to and should benefit from. In fact, I would say this, we probably don't others understand other worldviews until we are able to see some truth in them. You probably don't understand another perspective until you're able to see some truth in it. Uh, I had a, a professor in seminary in the mission school where I was training to talk to people who were very different than I was, uh, and he gave some really good advice. He said this, you probably do not understand another worldview until you begin to see how you could believe it, until you're almost able to believe part of that worldview. And, and I'll tell you what, over the years, I've learned to agree with him. Uh, I only started understanding Islam and some of the heart and intent behind it and some of the ways it could, it could be true, it could seem true, when I truly listened to my friend Salah, who grew up a Muslim in Jordan. And, uh, and, and there are good reasons that almost 2 billion people in our world today are Muslim 
we should understand them. Christians, do we understand them? We need to, okay? That, that's why one of the things we're going to do over the next few weeks in each one of these religious categories is ask the question, what's really good in this religion? What is some of the truth that we can glean and understand? There are good, there's some true things in every religion, okay? All right, here's, here's the next way I want to answer this question. <clears throat> the elephant in the blind man illustration is flawed, it has uh, some fundamental problems with it. And, uh, and, and this, is, this is one of them. It, um, it assumes an absolute truth while stating a lesser truth. I'll explain that in, in a little bit. But if, if these blind men are, uh, in this illustration, the, re- the reality that may be presented to us is that the blind men are all uh, feeling this elephant and saying, I are, and only seeing part of the truth, but, but the reality is that none of them are actually saying that. None of them are saying, oh, this is only part of an elephant, right? You, you, like, they're saying, no, the elephant is like the tail that I felt, or the leg that I experienced, or the ear, that's an elephant. They're actually all making a claim to the truth, and that religions, as blind men, are actually doing the same thing. No religion is actually saying, oh, I only know part of the truth. There isn't a a single religion out there that's doing that. Uh, What religions are actually doing is making absolute claims on reality. And this is the the second point I I need to make. All religions claim absolute truth. Every single religion claims an absolute perspective on reality. Because... uh, Every religion is trying to answer these big, massive questions that we all have about origin, our origin, our destiny, meaning, and morality. And and what they're doing is saying, this is the truth about those things, right? And even when religions say that they're not doing that, saying that they're not asserting a truth, they actually are, I promise you. I'm going to try to explain to you why why that's true. There's a Christian teacher I, I really like named Abdu Murray, and he shares an experience uh, where he had a friend who was trying to convince him of this, this other perspective, that all religions have part of the truth, that nobody can claim all truth, okay? He, sa- he was saying that to Abdu, nobody can claim all, all truth, and he tried to convince him by drawing a diagram, and I've actually tried to recreate it for you. His friend drew a big T in the middle of a piece of paper, said that's big truth, absolute truth, and he drew little T's with arrows pointing towards the big T. Uh, and he started talking to Abdu about this. If you step away from this for a second, actually, it's actually the same parallel concept as the elephant and the blind man. The elephant is the big T in the middle. The little T's are blind men trying to feel the truth, okay? Um, so, so he said, his friend said this to him, uh, <clears throat> listen, this is the truth, the big T, the full truth. It exists, but, but we don't have all of it. We don't know all of the truth. We don't have any way to say this is the absolute whole complete truth. And he said, do you agree with me? And Abdu said, yeah, actually, I'm with you there. Uh, I don't think we know or can know all of the truth. And the guy said, okay, good, good. But what we do have are these little T's, our own versions of the truth. Uh, however incomplete they may be, uh, we have these little T's and we're all trying to get to the big T. And everybody's little T is legitimate. Everybody's little T is legitimate. And Abdu was like, okay, wait a second. He said, everybody's? 
said, everybody's version of the truth is legitimate? And the guy said, yeah. He goes, really? Uh, like Hitler and Stalin and Pol Pot, their versions of the truth are legitimate? And this is what, this is what his friend said to him. Well, I can't say that I prefer their version of the truth, but I can't say that it's wrong. And Abdu was like, I don't, I don't agree with you. I don't think their version of the truth is legitimate. And his friend was like, no, you're wrong. How can we tell anyone that their experience and understanding is illegitimate? How can we do that? I may not like it, but I can't disagree with anyone's uh, truth, anyone's version of the truth. And Abdu was like, well, that's interesting, friend, because guess what? You just did when you disagreed with me, right? And, and his friend kind of uh, realized what had happened, what he had done. And, and do you guys, are you guys catching what happened there? He's disagreeing with Abdu, even though he's saying he can't disagree with anybody, right? He, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, and he realized it. To say there is nobody that has the absolute truth but only little truth is to make the claim that there's an absolute truth. You guys, that, you got to get that. That is such an important thing to understand today in the conversations that are happening in our world, okay? And it's the foundational flaw in the elephant and the blind man example. It asserts an absolute truth while trying to say that nobody has absolute truth. You see that? It's not just blind men and an elephant. There's a seeing person, who's sneakily put into this blind man illustration, who's able to see the whole reality, right? And, and so what, uh, if we were all just blind men grasping at an elephant, do we really know that it's an elephant? No, we don't. But, but that, that's what's happening in, in this example. Uh, there's an absolute truth claim being made and it's unavoidable, it's inescapable. And this is, this is just another important thing to know. Truth is inescapable. People will try to talk it away. They'll try to look other directions. You can't escape the truth. It's going to come get you, okay? Um, on an important side but related note on this, I want to also point out that it can also be really kind of patronizing to say to people, all religions are basically the same. When, when that is said to people who hold deeply or who are deeply committed to their religious views or any view, it actually can, can be kind of patronizing to, to have someone say that to you. I believe when it is said, I really do believe this, that almost everybody has good intent. I think people are trying to be inclusive, respectful, not offend anyone, and, uh, and hold peace. And I, I deeply appreciate the intent there. But I think the irony here is that when you actually talk to someone who is deeply convicted about what they believe, when they've chosen it, when they've sacrificed for it, when they've formed their life around it, and, and, and you say to them, well, your, your understanding of the world is basically just like everybody else's. That's, that's patronizing. And, uh, and this was actually illustrated in an interview I saw not too long ago where a guy by the name of there's a, a reporter uh, named Lisa Miller who works for Newsweek did an interview with a guy by the name of Rob Bell. Maybe some of you are familiar uh, with Rob Bell. If you're not, let me give you the background. Rob Bell is a teacher uh, who was a pastor who uh, is a gifted teacher. He had a lot of really inc 
incredible teaching uh, in the past. But not too long ago, Bell uh, kind of deviated from some of his former ideas and became a universalist. What does that mean? Uh, he thinks that God is going to save everyone through Jesus' sacrifice, whether or not anybody has faith in it. He's just, it's just going to happen because what Jesus did is going to cover over them. Bell's gone this route. And just to be clear, um, that's not what Christians have believed. Uh, universalism has never been uh, the Orthodox Christian, Christian teaching, and, uh, and, and um, it's really hard to take that perspective from the Bible itself, what Bell has, and in his defense, he has done it because he feels like it's more loving. He feels like that's how love is going to win, hence the name of the book that he wrote, okay? But uh, what's so interesting is when Lisa Miller was interviewing him about this book, she didn't feel it or experience it as, as loving. Uh, she was actually quite offended by it. Let me read to you what she said. She said, there is something in here that offends me, which is that Jesus is the mechanism through which we all will get there. So I'm Jewish, and my relatives, many of my relatives, died in Europe for being Jewish. And they would be appalled to think that their salvation was dependent upon Jesus because they died for being Jewish. Do you guys see what she's saying? She's saying, Rob Bell, you might think that you're doing me and my family a favor here, but we chose our Jewish worldview. We have chosen not to believe that Jesus was the Messiah and don't patronize us for our beliefs, saying our choices and our beliefs don't ultimately actually matter. I believe they do. Don't tell me I'm a foolish Jew. God is going to save you anyways. You guys see that? right? Um, Abdu Murray, I think, has actually said this very well. Uh, he said, to say that all paths lead to God is to disrespect all paths. To say all paths lead to God is to disrespect all paths. Because, and let me answer our fundamental question, all religions are not basically the same, not even close when you actually understand different religious worldviews, you immediately discover that they are very, very different uh, from one another. One example of that, some religions don't even claim to lead to God. They, they don't even claim that there's a heaven. Uh, take classical Buddhism, for example. We'll talk about this uh, in weeks to come. But if you really get Buddhism, the goal in Buddhism isn't to become uh, united to God or to get to heaven or even one with the universe. Uh, that's not what you're doing in Buddhism. The Buddha actually taught instead that there is no, no heaven, there is no God, and there is no self, actually. You ultimately don't exist. So the truth about Buddhism is not only that you don't need to get to God, it's actually that you need to get beyond the concept of the self and realize that, that, that ultimately uh, you're freed when you're freed of your understanding of yourself. Enlightenment is being freed from the concept of self. We'll explain it more, but just as you listen to that, does that sound similar to Christianity or Islam or uh, Mormonism or secularism? No. It's so, so fundamentally different. Um, and I'll just, I, this is just kind of my own experience here, but when people have, have made that claim to me, 
all religions are basically the same. And I've entered into a conversation with, with them, say, tell me more, you know, let's talk about that. What I've actually come to discover is most all the time, actually, I don't think there's been an exception to this in my experience, people really don't understand religion. They really are, and I, I mean this in the specific literal way, ignorant of, of various religions. It's kind of like when people say to me, all sports are exactly the same. Right? <laughs> right? There's a ball in a hole. That's true, right? And there's some truth to that, right? Right? But uh, I also know that if that's some truth to you, that if I go to an Astros game, you're going to be the person that says, score a touchdown, Jose Altuve, right? Right? Uh, <laughs> because, because it's just a sign that we don't, we don't really understand the nuances and the differences that are fundamental between each thing. Ravi Zacharias is a guy who we'll talk about later, but he said it best. Religions are, fun, are not fundamentally the same and superficially different. Religions are not fundamentally the same and superficially different. Religions are fundamentally different and only superficially the same, okay? And so here's the thing that we really need to do when we're approaching or examining any religion. We need to seek the truth. This is the question we need to answer. Is it true? Is it true? That's the question that you ask of any worldview. Is it true? Uh, What are the truth claims being made here? Are those truth claims good ones? Do they correspond to reality? Do they make historical, sociological, cultural sense? When investigated, does the evidence actually back them up? Because every religion is making an absolute truth claim, you test the truth. You ask, is it telling me the truth? And considering that, I want to actually now turn to the passage in the Bible I wanted to read to you this morning. Many of you are going to be familiar with it, but you probably are going to see it in a little different way this morning. And, um, and I just want to share the context before we get into it. It's going to be John 14, 1 through 6. But um, Jesus here is with his disciples. He's been with them three years. It's the end. He is about to go to the cross. Uh, he's about to leave them and go to the cross And so this is the Last Supper that he has with them, and he shares with them that he's going away. And they don't understand where he's going or why totally he's going or what's going on, but they're concerned that he's leaving. And this is what he says. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to talk about a claim to the truth? Jesus made one of the strongest, most powerful claims to the truth anyone has ever made. He not only said, I know the truth. He said what? I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. That is an unqualified, unconditional statement that he is making there. And, uh, and he couldn't be any clearer, right? The question we have to ask is, was Jesus telling the truth? Is that true? 
when he says, I am the truth, is that, is that right? Does that make sense? Does it align with the evidence? Because either he is or he isn't. Either he's telling us the absolute truth or he is not. And if not, then maybe Muhammad told us the truth, right? And if not Muhammad, then maybe Joseph Smith told us the truth. And if not Joseph Smith or Muhammad or Jesus, maybe 600 years earlier when the Buddha came, he told us the truth. Or maybe there's no spiritual reality at all, and we are uh, atoms, a mixture of atoms and chance dancing to our own DNA. Whatever the case is, the question to ask is, is it true, right? What is the truth? Pursue the truth. This guy that I mentioned, Abdu Murray, uh, a little while back, I think the reason I've come to appreciate him is he was a man committed to pursuing the truth. And to give you a little bit more of his background, he was raised um, here in the States in Michigan as a devout Muslim, uh, was very committed to that uh, religious perspective, actually argued against Christians and other religious worldviews over and over again, but especially loved arguing against Christians. And uh, later, as he got a little older, he thought about the truth and started questioning his own beliefs. Ultimately, he ended up questioning all religious beliefs. For a time, he actually held that all religions were basically the same. This was the perspective he took. Uh, but what he said, he said this, I realized though over time what I was doing was trying to keep the peace and stay comfortable. If I smoothed over the differences in the religions, it was easier. It was more comfortable. But then he realized he couldn't do it. It didn't make sense. It didn't align with truth. And so he said this, I realized you have to make the choice to embrace the differences because you are recognizing that all these religious traditions have a history worthy of your respect and worthy of your investigation. And ultimately, in investigating the evidence, Abdu Murray became a committed believer of Jesus. I did too when I questioned my own faith after a friend of mine was in a horrible, horrible accident. I became convinced and I didn't pursue anything but the truth. And let me suggest to you guys, uh, that's what we're here to do. Uh, if you approach these next few weeks wondering about the truth, trying to seek the truth, I think you'll get it. And I hope you'll ask that question as we move through all these uh, religions. Now, I'm open to have conversations with anybody further if you'd like to. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for... Uh, today and this chance to talk and these kids coming in and I want to thank you for um, truth I want to thank you that you've given it us as a gift and that we can pursue it and I pray that we would do it and Lord I pray as the spirits moved us and and made us think this morning that you you would move us to to really pursue the truth and follow you and find you Lord Jesus I believe you're the way and the truth and the life it's in your name we pray amen